Welcome everyone to episode 123 of the Doss and D show and our final episode from our short stay in Sydney. Today we sit down with fellow podcaster Nathan Moss. Nath Moss, or Uncle Nathan as he's referred to on his show, The Post School Podcast, has from scratch created an inspiring community for Gen Z. And what often happens when you get a bunch of podcasters sitting down to chat is that the topics of conversation go in many unforeseen places. And this episode is no different. As well as talking about what Uncle Nathan is, how it came about, and what the goal is, we had an open conversation about money, including sacrificing a nice income now to ultimately make more money in the future, the mindset of not being shy to chase it, and even a teaser into one of Nathan's passions, investing. We talked about relationships that went deep into the difficult decisions to sometimes end good ones as it isn't the right time or contributing to where you want to go. Nath was also leaving for Qatar the following day to watch the Mighty Socceroos in action at the World Cup. Find out his connection within the Aussie camp, and we also share our predictions for the World Cup, which now, in hindsight, some we were absolutely spot on, others not quite. Like I said, this is just a great open chat with three guys talking about numerous topics that affects us all with plenty of value in there too. So without further ado, here he is, the man himself, Uncle Nathan Moss. Well, we've got another guest in the penthouse, Dean. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, our guest is Uncle Nathan. Nath, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me in my own hometown. Boys. Nathan Moss. Uh, Doss is a little bit disappointed there was no relation to the great Ian Moss. Uh, yeah, well, I brought this up earlier. If, if the listeners don't know, but the great Ian Moss is the lead guitarist of one of our favourite bands called Chisel. For those who know who Jimmy Barnes is, <laughs> obviously Jimmy's in that band. And I didn't know Nathan's last name until just before. That's one of the first questions I had to ask, but... You come from a, a, a sporting family, so not music, but sport. So, yeah. I do. Dad, football, my uncle, cricket, they all love it. And yeah. here I am trying my best at all of them and never really succeeded at any of them. Well, you're succeeding in the podcast game. Yeah, absolutely. So you're not sporty at all? Oh, no, I love it. I do you dabble? Sporty, what are you just, good at? I, uh, I was the kid through high school who tried everything, rep basketball, soccer, cricket. Actually, I didn't really vibe with cricket. Okay. Um, but at the moment... My obsessions are surfing, snowboarding, soccer, and golf. That sounds like the Aussie traveler because when you go overseas and uh, you got the Aussie accent, that's what you tell everybody: you you snowboard and you surf. Like that's a big one. So surfing uh, is the big one. Yeah, not so much in Bali because everyone just expects yeah. it. But uh, in Qatar, everyone will be like, "Oh, you, you're from Australia. Surf. You surf." Tell us about the post school podcast firstly, because that's really your bread and butter and that's been your passion project for the last couple of years and and i guess that's how we connected mm. with one another but what you're doing is really really interesting because it's it's something that not a lot of people are doing at the moment which is talking about young people who are transitioning from school into real life so tell us about that yeah for sure i mean it's something that i started one year after finishing high school and i think like obviously the episode before this on my own potty with us we were talking about how in a sense, we're doing very similar things. But I think the big difference is like, I focus on the really younger side of Gen Z, like in terms of you finish school and there's those three years after school where you have no idea what on earth you want to do or you think you have an idea and then realize that it's actually not what you want to do. And I was someone who finished school with a very clear picture of what I thought I wanted to do. And that was investment banking. So go to uni, get my degree, commerce degree, get into the investment banking world, make a shit ton of money, live like Leo DiCaprio in the Wolf of Wall Street. (laughs) That was the end of it. And I thought I had it all figured out. And then within six months of finishing high school, I fell into the rut of shit, why don't I have it all just yet? 
which was a really hard thing to come to terms with because through high school I was always like, I can't wait to finish school and then I'll have everything. And you realize that life's actually pretty long and you got to work for that stuff. So that was a realization in itself. And then the second realization was that I actually don't want to work my life away doing a job that I hate just to make money. And when I had both those things, I was like, what on earth do I do? So it took me a long time to figure out that I actually want to do something that I'm passionate about. And I found a lot of joy in helping others. I started working at my old high school because school for me was relatively easy. Like I tried hard, but all right, mate, it, also all right. just, yeah, <laughs> it also just clicked, you know, and um, I wanted to help other people figure out high school. So yeah. I started helping people Good. and it was a natural progression into a blog, loved writing. And then I realized that people hate reading. <laughs> So the Post School Podcast was born and I just started interviewing people who have a really cool story and had a moment in their life where they were like, this is what I want to do because I'm passionate, not because I want to make money. And now I sit down with people like that and we chat about their story to hopefully inspire others to uh, chase a similar life. It's an incredible realisation to have what you mentioned before at such a young age because like, I mean, we're still young too, but in comparison, we're still a few years older than you. And people get that realization but to have it so young and already snap out of that and understand there's something bigger and better and more important is is huge so from all the podcasts you've done so far is there a particular lesson that you've learned that sticks in your mind that you know you almost go to bed and you think about or it pops up when things get tough Jesus, you put me on the spot. Good, here. because he put us on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was my whole goal for this podcast. <laughs> and we can wrap it up right now. Yeah, get the fire <laughs> under his ass. Yeah, I love it. The yeah. biggest thing that I've learned is that every single person has a different path. And that is so okay. It's like what we were talking about before, the comparison game. You compare yourself to someone else. It makes no sense because they're on a completely different path. And after sitting down with so many people, you realize that everyone's goals and objectives are completely different. There's no value in comparing yourself to someone else because what you're seeking is so different. Like you've grown up with experiences that have nothing to do with the experiences that they've grown up with. So why would you assume that your thinking is the same as their thinking? Love that. And that perspective change was massive for me because at that point I was like, shit, I can do whatever I want to do. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks because they're thinking based on their own biases. This might seem a bit personal, but for someone that's coming out of school well, you're a few years out now, right? And you're trying to build this thing. And we're talking off air about your part-time job and you know, the balance. What's your relationship and your mindset around money as a person in their early 20s? Because I love your mindset around it because it is about chasing my passion but making money that's going to pay the bills on the side of that. Whereas a lot of other people will probably stick their nose up to that a little bit and go, well, what do you mean? You could, you could be earning another 30, 40, 50 grand doing the investment banking, mm. building your way up, getting a promotion like, and living a lifestyle that you, you really want to live. Yeah, so Uncle Nathan was actually founded on the idea that I love investing and like personal finance stuff. So I spent, when I was 16, I got into the stock market and loved it and became obsessed with it. It's a tangent to go into that stuff, but I just wanted to caveat with that. My relationship with money is that when I thought about investment banking and making a lot of money, that lifestyle was you work most of the year to make a lot of money and then go and have an extravagant holiday and come home and do it all again. And I hate that idea. Not worth I it. I hate that concept. So in my early 20s now, my sole focus is to create some sort of revenue stream or income stream, multiple income streams that allow me to live a constant holiday while making money. 
And to me, one of the biggest things to do that is build a personal brand, sort out your investments so that that's making some sort of income, regardless of what you're doing every day. And if you're going to work a job, make sure it's in a space that you actually give a shit about with people who give a shit about you. And to me, like that's been the biggest thing for me because I can work my ass off every single day and it doesn't feel like work. And that's the biggest difference between having like a part-time job that pays the bills because it's like, oh, tomorrow I have work. I got to work from 7 a.m. till 3 p.m. And like that's set and you're making money, sure. And you're paying the bills and you're probably making more money than I am right now. But who's having more fun? Mm. Probably not you. Who's making more of a difference? And who's going to be making more money in the future? That's, this is the thing that I think people don't understand at a young age, like the compound effect. Right now, I'm happy to sacrifice 400K in annual salary, like over four years, so that in the future, the brand that I've built, I can be sitting on a beach in Bali making 100K to go and do a keynote presentation tomorrow. Like I'm so happy to sacrifice that now because I know it's coming one day. Mm. It's a hard thing to nurture. I don't know. I feel like it's just, you just sort of evolve with it. I love this topic. I'm really glad you asked it. Great question. I might just rub my hands together. (laughs) But it was a great answer too, Nath, because I love talking about money. When we're growing up, there's this weird connotation you have with money that it's bad to want it. There's this subculture of, okay, you shouldn't want money. You shouldn't strive for money. You shouldn't. And we understand the reasons why and it's, and it's great. But for the audience that you're speaking to, it's, there would be so many conflicting ideas about money and how the world works and, and the future of the world and all that sort of stuff. So I think it's really interesting you go down that path. Do you cop any backlash for those kind of thoughts? I think the biggest thing for me was trying to explain to the people around me what my mindset was because it didn't really make sense to a lot of them. They're always like, what do you mean? Like... Go to uni, get the degree, like finish uni. Can I ask, are these your parents as well? My parents are an interesting one. I love the relationship I have with my parents because they challenge me every day. They support me 100% in anything I'm doing, but they also say, why? Why are you doing this? Is this right for you? So it was, it's a bit of back and forth. It's like, I I said to them, I was like, I'm going to start a podcast that won't pay me a cent for probably two to three years. And I'm okay with that. And their first question was, do you want to do this because you're going to be helping people or do you want to do this because you think you're going to make a lot of money in the future? And I was like, I want to do this because I'm going to be helping people and I know that that will mean that I make money in the future. And to them, that was a finite answer. And they were like, cool, I love it. I'm happy with that. But I think it was hard for my friends who were studying or working some sort of career to understand that like, I was happy to sacrifice that short-term income. And I still deal with that quite a lot because they're always just like, like, what are you, what are you doing, dude? Like, it looks like you're doing some really cool things and talking to really cool people, but don't have any money. And in the back of my head, I'm like, it might look like that from the outside, but my investments are doing just fine. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Yeah. It makes me so excited hearing that because I feel like we're in the exact same position as you. Yeah, for sure. We, and, yeah, and the three of us are definitely in the same and position. It, I don't think people really understand the power of finding other people that are, have the same mindset and the same motivation and the same uh, what's, what's just the same vision essentially of what maybe in in a different area or a different category. Yeah, same views. Same views. What is the being the hardest bit then with money, right? Because you're growing up your mates who might be in investment banking. I don't know, or they might be successful in their other careers. How has that been as a young person not being able to spend or buy a new pair of kicks when you want them or 
I don't know, maybe you still can. Maybe the way you're investing, it's, it's allowing you to do that. Maybe share a bit on that. Yeah, well, this is the beauty of the whole situation is that everyone assumes I do the podcast full time, yeah. but I don't. I make hardly any money from the podcast. Only now does Uncle Nathan as a brand start bringing in like a little bit of income, but it's definitely not enough to live off. So everyone's like, what is your lifestyle? I have a job, like you spoke about it before. I work for a company, like I work for a startup. I have an income that comes in every week, just like all of you guys. The difference is, this is going to come across so bad, but I have no other way to frame it. The difference is I tried really hard to leverage my way into a better salary. That's the difference. It's not about working more hours. It's just about <laughs> leveraging your assets to prove to a company that you're more valuable. It's like I get paid the same that one of my friends does. He works full time and we get paid the same and I work two and a half days a week. And that is purely because when I got this job, I said to my to-be boss, I was like, this is what I think I'm worth. Do you agree? And he was like, you know what? Yeah, we do. Can I ask, did you know this guy before? No. So were you poached or did you walk in? I was actually the first hire in this startup, Recess. It was just the two co-founders. They were of the mentality that they wanted to hire someone that was like trustworthy, so within their circle somehow. The podcast is sponsored by Shine, the, the energy drink. Yep. So Recess, the company, uh, delivered a booth to the Shine office. They're good mates with the CEO and founder, uh, Steve Chapman of Shine. And they basically just said, Steve, we want to hire our first employee. If you know anyone, please recommend them. Steve... Well, his name's James, James Noaksmith, one of my best mates now, but he was the guy who got me on board at Shine. He um, said to Steve, hey, we should get Mossy in, like he'd be a good fit. Anyway, mentioned So he does name. like Mossy. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> it's only because Noki calls me Mossy. But yeah, so the boys were like, hey, let's meet up for a coffee in Mossman. I went, my resume was the podcast. I had nothing else to show. I was like, I'm at uni doing a pretty basic degree. I'm doing a Bachelor of Business and a Bachelor of Creative Intelligence and Innovation. That in itself is cool, but I didn't have the piece of paper yet. And Will, my, my boss, co-founder, he was like, what you're doing in the podcast is so sick to see someone so young going after it. That's enough for me to be like, we want you to work for us. Yeah, that's and amazing. Yeah, it's, that's the portfolio. That's the resume. We did similar things, Dustin and I. So we said to you and for everyone that listens to this show a lot, but if people that haven't, like we were in pretty good jobs too in a similar industry in sales and then you take a backward step. Well, it's perceived as a backward step because you go to a part-time job, which for me was warehousing, for DOS it was nursery. Mate, like garden, garden. Horticulture. Uh, for, Say it professionally. Yeah, yeah sorry, mate. But I, I actually do have a certificate in horticulture. You so. do. Yeah. But the dream with that, you know, it looks like it's a backward step. People go, what the fuck are you doing? But really you're then given the opportunity to actually strip days back as you make more money doing what you actually love. For us, it's a podcasting. So then, okay, first thing is like, we want a job where we just need to work four days a week and our Friday can be our podcast day. Mm -hmm. And then as it starts to bring in money, then we'll strip another day and another day until hopefully our dream and our goal is to become a full-time podcast content creators. And it will. And it will, 100% mm -hmm. it will. So I just love, and that's why I really like the message that you send as well because – we live in a world of, and we spoke about this for ages on the other podcast about comparison. And it's easy to sit here and say that, but then how would you go if in a year's time all your mates say, okay, we're going to Europe for six months. And you're like, well, A, I might not be in a financial position to do so, but even if I am, this podcast is important to me and I can't take six months off. So how would you go in that situation? Do you think, I know it's a you this know, is hypothetical. I'm so glad you asked the question though, because that's how I live my life every single day. It's like, 
am I doing today something that allows me to say yes to an opportunity tomorrow? In everything that I do, that is what I'm thinking. It's like, and I've noticed it so much with my friends who are now locked and loaded. They finish uni, they've got the full-time job. And it's like, yo, the weather's going to be sick tomorrow. I want to take the jet ski out. You in? Nah, sorry, I got work. I'm going to go to the Goldie for a weekend. You in? Nah, sorry, I've got commitments. It's like, fuck that. Mm. I want to be able to do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. That's why I'm working so hard to create an income stream online because I can do it from anywhere. Yeah. And that's, and you boys would be the exact same. Like the podcast takes off. You can take these mics anywhere. 100%. You can sit down with anyone. You can hire a studio in any part of the world and make this happen. And I think there's so much value in having some sort of online income stream. It doesn't have to be your full income stream, but to have some sort of personal brand or it can still be anonymous, but something that delivers value online to other people is incredibly important. Love it. So are you currently making money outside your part-time job and the podcast? I'm talking investing. So you have a brain on you and that's something you're passionate about. Yeah, is I love investing. investing, yeah. So is, I, is, so that, is that making money for you too? I just reinvest everything, but yeah, it churns away in the background. What yeah. are we um, in at the moment? How much money? No, no, no. <laughs> like, well, tell us that too. <laughs> but, no, what, what are, we, what are, we, are we buying lithium? What are we buying? Nah, mate, I, um, I'm an ETF guy. Okay, yeah, I nice. I invest long-term, pretty safe. Smart good dividend yield, reinvest that, that, that income and watch it grow over time. That's my, like, I don't put much money in. I just invest consistently every month, put it away into an ETF. Smart. I was like, I like the iShares um, S and P 500, which is such a basic ETF. And then I have plenty of satellites as well, which cool, uh, like a bit riskier, but I just like it churning away right now. I don't even want to look because the markets have gone to hell the last 12 months. And they're but, probably going to uh, keep getting worse, aren't they? I reckon, it, I reckon it'll cap out by the end of the year. You reckon? Yeah. I th- really? Interest rates increasing, maybe not. But I think the worst of it will be at the end of the year. Wow. Um, I hope I'm right. Actually, I couldn't care less. I'm, I'm saving. It sounds bad because it goes against everything. But I'm saving all my money right now. For, and I know you can never pick when it really bottoms out. But I just want to go hard for the next huge opportunity. But... Anyway, I'm not the one to be giving investing advice. <laughs> yeah, the, I'm not a registered finance yeah. advisor. Yeah. <laughs> Go listen to episode 60 with Louise Bedford on our <laughs> podcast. She'll, uh, she's the one to listen to. Some of the comments you get from people that listen to your show, what's the most satisfying thing that you tend to hear or you have heard for someone actually gaining real life value? Dude, you know what happened the other day? Uh, yesterday or the day before? Maybe two days ago. I put up a story. It was a video story, the first one I'd done in quite a while. And it was really long. But at the end of it, I was like, this is the first time since the podcast has existed that I've done weekly episodes because it's always been fortnightly. But I had that much content that I wanted to get out before the end of the year. I was like, I'm going to post weekly episodes. And in doing that, my audience was definitely not primed to go weekly. So numbers started to drop because they just couldn't keep up with the audience, uh, with the content, sorry. And anyway, so in so this how how often were you posting before that? Fortnightly. Fortnightly. Yeah. So every two weeks on a Monday, nine a.m. And then I was like, let's do every week on a Monday, nine a.m. And anyway, in the story, I was saying, I was like, I'm probably going to wrap up the potty for the year, give you guys a chance to catch up on all the latest content. It's incredibly valuable. Like some of the best episodes I've ever done have been the most recent episodes. And so I wanted to give everyone that chance. And um, I had a girl who follows me who I'd never I'd never seen her account before. She um, sent me a message and she was like, please don't wrap it up. Like you inspired me to quit my job at the beginning of next year and travel for the whole year because I want to get some life experience. And it's something I've wanted to do forever. And listening to one of your episodes made me do it. Wow. And I was like, are you kidding? 
Like I just woke up to that message the day after. I was like, I literally replied to her and I said, if you were the only person listening to my podcast, I would keep it going just for you. And stuff like that is amazing. It drives me. And you boys would be the exact same. When you have someone reply saying, I really got something out of this episode, it can be the smallest thing. You're like, that's why I do it. Because obviously we sit here and we learn from the episodes, but to see someone else learning, it's like, that shit's gold. It's amazing. Is there, is there a moment you can share with us around a friend or a confidant or someone along your lines of connections that has questioned what you're doing to a, to a higher degree in a higher level and, and it had made you doubt your mission and, and where you want to go? Is there any type of moment that that happened? Man, I doubt myself every day. Doubt is a constant thing. Yeah. It's just about overcoming it. It's just about when you have those doubts, it's like, okay, it exists. I'm questioning what I'm doing right now. Fuck that. I'm going to do it anyway. And that's to me is like really powerful. I, um, I had a period. So in high school, I was definitely the guy who had like a lot of mates, not necessarily really good friends, but I just floated around groups. I never really found my, pe- I still feel like I haven't really found my people. And Mossy is such a catchy, easy to say no. <laughs> I mean, around the schoolyard, Mossy. Mossy. Everyone knows Mossy. Mossy, a loser. <laughs> It was a bit like that. I was, um, I was extremely cocky. Still am, I think. But uh, in high school, very, very cocky. And that was sort of a recipe for people to have their assumptions about me after school. When I started posting stuff online, like with the podcast, because a lot of it was my face at the beginning, the initial reaction was this guy's just doing it to, for clout, trying to get his face out there, trying to become an influencer, get on Big Brother, do a TV show. And we should all, we should do that, boys. That'd be a good idea. We should go on Big Brother. I almost went on this year. But Did you? Yeah, didn't make it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, cliche, right? <laughs> but yeah, like having to deal with the scariest thing for me was going out to Manly's like where we all go on the beaches on like a Friday and Saturday night to go out and party. And that was obviously a massive thing before COVID. The scariest thing for me was going out and having people look at me and I know that they know who I am because I know who they are, but we're not mates. And like, I'd look at them and it looks like they're talking shit about me. But you know what flipped? And I still like, I'm gobsmacked every time this happens is that same person comes up to me a week later and says, how's the podcast? It's so cool what you're doing with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? I'm sitting over here, shit scared. Like you're talking crap and going to come over with your mates. But in reality, you're like, should I go say hi to this guy who's yeah. doing a podcast? And it's the coolest thing ever. It's amazing. I love it. And actually, I'm interviewing Alex Hayes tomorrow on, on my podcast. And something that he said in a podcast quite a while ago is Alex has like a massive profile, like 500,000 followers on Instagram or something ridiculous. What's and his mobile number? <laughs> <laughs> I send it to you. No, and, you're right. Um, he said in this podcast, he was like, sometimes I'm walking down the street and I'll see like four or five guys who are massive like looking at me like they're about to come up to me and approach me and I'll sit there and get super anxious. But then they'll come up and be like, yo, Alex, how are you? Like, it's so good to meet you and get a photo. And it's this whole like perception shift that a lot of the time the assumptions we're making in our head, this worst case scenario actually doesn't exist. And that coming to terms with that was massive. It's mm, huge. In a dream world for you, do so you see the podcast, like, firstly, do you see the podcast being part of your life for you know even three to four to five years from now and if so does a mission do you think it'll pivot or do you think it'll stay on track to kind of what you're doing currently good question the beauty of uncle nathan and something that i wanted it to be from the onset is that it was me i am my target audience as much as i am the face of uncle nathan so 
the beauty of that is that as I age, so too can the podcast and the Instagram and the blog. Like everything is relevant because at the beginning I was talking about finishing high school. Now I'm at a point where I'm finishing university. I can start talking about that. Yeah. When I meet my wife and have kids and start a career and my wife's career or whatever I'd decide to do with my life. Like all of these things stay relevant to my audience because my audience is myself. Mm. Like I am the target market. I would keep doing this if nobody was listening. And I feel like as much as it's restricting to have a brand based on me because I can't necessarily step away from it, it's also complete freedom because I can make it whatever I want it to be. Yeah. Which is limiting in a sense. But no, it's so much fun. I love it. Is, is there any part of you that wants to be, and I'm sure there is because we, we can vouch for this too, and every, anyone else who has some type of profile, but is, is there sometimes a moment where you wish where you are right now was, was speeding up, moving quicker? I, was earning, I wish I was earning more money. I wish I was growing my audience faster. I wish I was as you know, big as Dawson D. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, I get that every single day. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> well, as soon as he said the word cocky earlier, I'm like, well, well now Doss has to become cocky. Well, You're not a cocky man. I'm not at all. It, <sighs> is there part of you that really wants to speed it up sometimes because you've got such a huge vision of it and you know where you're going to be, but you want to get there quicker? And is there sometimes moments where you almost make rush decisions or decisions that aren't in the best interest for you and your future, mm. do you make those decisions or have you? Okay, this is something I'm actually really proud of. I have the thoughts, but for some reason, I have the ability to turn them off. So like this happens on a daily basis. I have these weird thoughts where I'm just like, I should do this or I should do this. It happens in relationships, like with friends, with past girlfriends, with in every part of my life, I have this like self-sabotage mode where I'm just like, I wish things were different. Like, I hate this. This isn't good. Like, I'm not enjoying this. And then, like I said in the potty with you boys, it's this moment of like, step back. Think about it. Just breathe. Like, that's the biggest thing for me. I count to three and I just breathe for five minutes. I got my playlist on Spotify. It's called RX 2.0. It's like, relax. And whenever I have those moments of like, should I do this or should I not? Is this going to help me? I put that playlist on. I just try and think about nothing. And then I come back to it with a clearer mind. And I think... It, this is something that I've seen with my mate going through a breakup. He has this really bad tendency that if he thinks he should do it in the moment, he'll go do it. So like if something makes him angry, he'll act on that anger and make a decision. And I am like a massive advocate for never making decisions when no. you're angry, upset, emotional. So it's always this moment of take a step back. If you still want to do it in four hours, then do it. Great that's, advice. Great that's advice. served me well. That's amazing. I want to talk a little bit about Uncle Nate or Nate, the, the person, the guy. So we, we just had a relationship podcast uh, on, on your platform, which was Sorry if it we, wasn't meant to go that uh, way. Well, no, somehow it did. It, somehow it turned, into, it, it, it turned into a bit of a, yeah, and we're not the ones that should be given relationship advice. But anyway, I'll, you have a story too around that. So can you fill us in a little bit about what happened to you and sort of what's happened since? Boys, if you think you guys are unqualified for relationships at <laughs> 27, then what's this 21-year-old doing talking about relationships? Nah, I, uh, I am just intrigued with this story. Yeah, so... Ah, uh, young love. Uh, <laughs> so much fun. Uh, end of high school, I... Actually, it's a really cool story. and I don't think anyone would have heard it. And I'm about to put myself 
Is this a, is exclusive. an exclusive? This is an exclusive. Yes. Boys. I'm about to put myself extremely vulnerable, so oh. I hope my ex isn't listening to this. We will, we will stop, worry, we'll I stop hope joking. I, I hope my joking. ex wasn't listening to the one we did with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I went to a party in like year 11, start of year 11, and we were at this party and it was one of the schoolgirls, her 16th or 17th it must have been. And um, anyway, I was with my mates dancing and – this girl walks in in like a white dress and we all turn around and I swear to God, she looked like an angel. Like I went ballistic. I was like, who the, who is that? And I'd never felt that before. I still have not felt that looking at another person. Anyway, <laughs> I was like, I want that. I'm going to pursue that. <laughs> and uh, I did everything in my power to make it happen. And anyway, basically after three weeks of trying, she was like, nah, I like your best friend more. Oh, that was really fun. And uh, anyway, so... Dust knows how that feels. <laughs> oh, it's good fun, isn't <laughs> it? Uh, <laughs> say that... Don't worry. It's been off air. It's gone off air. Over uh, it's, it's gone well over my head. Worry. Yeah, that was... Yeah, well done, boys. So, well did you... You didn't get her? Yeah, so anyway, we ended up kissing once. And um, after that, she ended up hooking up with my mate for like six weeks. So anyway, I had to basically accept, accept that and move on. And I was like, oh, well, what's meant to be? That sucks. Eight months later, I get this random Snapchat, like so random out of the blue from her. And anyway, long story short, I won't bore you with the details, but we started talking and that then became a relationship. Yeah, so we were dating from the end of high school for three years. End of last year, I had a moment similar to you boys where I was like, I don't know what, but something feels off. Like, I really love this person, but something just doesn't feel right. And I made the decision to break up with her and we were broken up for three months. Was it a shock to her? Yeah, completely, which I found out later. And yeah, so we were broken up for three months and then New Year's, beginning of this year came around. We both sort of reconnected and realized that we were both feeling the same. Like from the minute I broke up with her, I was like, this was a mistake. Like I felt it straight away. I was like, why did I do that? We ended up getting back together. This year was really, really good, but we got back together on the premise that if it ended up in the same position, we would break up again. And sure enough, after a few months, she was like, I feel like it's getting to the same point. And she dumped me. And it was actually really easy to cut ties because we were both new this time. We were like, we tried again and it didn't work. And that's that. And as much as the breakup was like heart wrenching for me, like it, I've never felt as bad as I felt during that first month after the breakup as much as it sucked it was also really nice because we both knew that this is how it's supposed to be for now anyway like I don't know what's going to happen in the future but we could just move on and go about our separate ways and that to me was almost freedom in a sense because I like I'm so busy I have so much going for me in my life and so much I want to do and want to achieve and want to focus on and I loved being with her but it took me away from that not that she was limiting me but I felt limited because I didn't want to do anything that would jeopardize the relationship whereas now I can do whatever the fuck I want yeah and freedom. I love that one of the best things that's happened to me this year is being getting into this new relationship being together with Garni for 10 months right best thing about it is finding someone who completely supports and understands clearly what you want to do and where you want to go and they are happy to support you in it, every inch of it. Like I'm telling, like some, I reckon parts of me in my previous relationship, there was times when you probably go, they're not really listening or they don't quite understand or they're not getting the grasp of like what I'm actually trying to say and do and where I want to go. I know exactly what you're talking about. And that, that's the question I want to ask is, is there 
fear around not finding a person that gets it like you get it. Oh, 100%. Like I said before, I feel like I've never found my people. And then for me to think that one day I'll find my person is so ridiculously scary because I'm like, what are the chances? But I've spent now four months getting so comfortable with the process and so content with the fact that it might never happen and that's okay that I'm just enjoying where I'm at right now. And where I'm at is I've got a few close mates who I love dearly, boys and girls. I've got my family around me. And when that person comes into my life that compliments it, then I am all arms. Like I can't wait for that to happen, but I don't need it to happen at a certain time. I love that. And I relate to that so much because that's how I was for a long time. I was like, and it sounded, people used to think it's like I was depressed or I was, I was looking, for a t- oh, looking for sympathy. And I'm like, I'm actually like, you don't understand. Like if I die alone, I'm happy with that. I'm content with that. And everyone goes, that's a morbid thought. Like, how could you think that way? I'm like, but I'm happy. Like it, I'm happy with what I'm doing and who I am. And that's not something that stresses me out. So I just think it's a huge, especially for someone of your age, like it's just a huge thing to already understand that. And I think the good news is that won't be the case, but because you're in that position, it's just for this time, for this, like we talk about seasons, you know, seasons can be a day, a month, a year, 10 years, 50 years, but for this season, however long it may be, you're going to be happy and present because that's not going to be the clouded thought in your mind all the time. So I just, I just want to acknowledge it. There's no question. It's more of just an acknowledgement. Thank you, man. It's so true. Like I feel that when you focus all your energy on something like that, it's because it's out of your control. Like, and I'm much happier dying alone than dying with a six out of 10 relationship. Yeah. Where half the I time- I you say something else. Yeah, me too. I thought, come on, name. <laughs> look, mate, I know you're better than that. My standards. <laughs> Not looks, nothing to do good, with looks. Good, good, good. No, but like imagine waking up some days being like, I hate this. Yeah. And sure, you're happy on most days, but I want to be happy the majority of days. And if I find that, then happy days. It just has to be more than I'm happy right now. And right now I'm happy pretty much every day. I think a lot of older generations will say that we're spoiled because we are very picky. Fucking oath we are. We have social media. Exactly right. <laughs> and that's, we're not picky in a sense of, like you said before, looks. I think it's actually better because we are going through a time where we can create our life to the T like of what we want. And that even comes down to the person we want to be with. Like... Often, and I hate this. And I was one of the people that would judge it. Was like, oh, you met him on, you met her on Tinder. Oh, yeah, big deal. Like, it's, that's on Tinder. Like, that's not real dating. Like, but as I've like come to realize, I'm like, no, that's a tool that is helping you strip everything down to the T of what you like and what that person's like. And like, and it's worked for me and it's great. And we now have that ability. That's so true. And something that I want to caveat all of this with is like, it's okay to, not seek that 10 out of 10 like there is nothing wrong with that because to you a 10 out of 10 could be completely different to my 10 out of 10 and i don't want people sitting there listening especially to what i'm saying because i feel like it could be taken in a very interesting way i don't want people sitting there thinking this guy is a wanker who will never find happiness i just i want something and i'll and i'm i'm gonna do all that i can in my power to get that and if it never happens, then that's the risk that I'm taking and I'm happy to take that risk. But not everyone has to take that risk. Well, you don't sound like a wanker. People misunderstand Thank it. Thank you. No, but like what we said <laughs> on your podcast. <laughs> <I'm glad. laughs> but we said that too because I was saying on your podcast, like we copped a lot of flack for a video that was of Doss talking about his 
previous relationship and everyone's like, well, you know, you've got it pretty good and why are you, you know, gambling away and you'll never find anyone better and blah, blah, blah. So people don't always understand. But for those that do, like there'll be people listening going like, I really relate. I understand and I get that. And it's just, yeah, it's just huge, mate. Like it's... I must say though too, part of it is compromising as well. So to get that 10 out of 10, sometimes we have to understand that they are a human looking for their 10 out of 10 too. So we have to also lean in a bit to what they like more so than what we like or it's always about trying to balance it out and that's the biggest thing i've learned is searching for this perfect person is i haven't lowered my standards or expectations but also being open to what they are wanting as well as a partner Mm -hmm. like i need to be weary of that as well are are you looking for someone now are you looking for love uh i'm definitely not looking for a relationship yeah but um if the right person came along, I yeah. wouldn't say no. Yeah. I, the thing that, and this is something that I actually haven't really put out before that I'd love to be online because I think it's something that a lot of people relate to is like, it's really easy to look at someone who's single and really focused on their work and think that person's just waiting for someone else to come along and kiss their toes. It's like, when I meet that person, I am all in. Like I am giving you everything I have to make you as happy as possible. That to me, is happiness. My happiness will always derive from my wife and my kids being happy. Like everything that I do in my life is to create the best environment that I can possibly create for my future family. But I know that to get to that point, I have to make myself the best version that I can. And that's why I spend so much time trying to create it some sort of revenue stream that allows me to have enough money to take my kids on holidays. And that's why I spend so much time with personal development to get my head in the right spot for when life inevitably goes to shit because it will many times and it already has a few times. And it's like, you don't, you don't have to choose one or the other. Like you can prepare yourself for that to be with someone else in the future. Great. And I think sometimes people think it's selfish and I think that like I hate when I get like when people think it's selfish for looking after those things because I'm like, but what you don't seem to understand, the reason I'm come across selfish or I'm self-centered or focused on what I'm actually currently doing is because I'm trying to create a life for whoever that is or the family or whatever. And I, and I think you made a good point too, Doss. Like I, I do believe, like people say, oh, you know, I wish I was born in the 60s or 70s or 20s or whatever they say. Like I really believe like this is the best time to be alive because we all have the ability to create and really within reason, we can learn any skill we want. We can do anything we want. Like if we, if things fuck up, you can YouTube it and find a you know a way to <laughs> yeah. fix it. Like mm. it's incredible what we what's at our fingertips. And I I would just love um, more people to be open to the idea that they can change their life pretty quickly. It's so. Th- true. But there's like a fine line between quickly. People think I want the overnight fix, which is what obviously is the dark side of social media is that you can fix everything like that. But within quickly, within six to 12 months, you can totally change your life and put yourself on a trajectory that's going to make you and your future family happy. 100%. And the other like really big thing I learned this year is it is what it is. Like you can, sure, you can sit there wishing you were born in a different time period or wishing your life was different, but it's not. You weren't. Like go and do something about it. (laughs) You only have one choice and that is to actually live where you are right now with the things that you have at your disposal. I find a lot of comfort in the fact that like, it is what it is. You just got to get shit done. Just work your ass off to make what you want a reality. 
So, Nath, Qatar. You're off to Qatar. And what's going on in Qatar is the FIFA World Cup. So, I'm a big soccer fan. Dee's a big soccer fan. Obviously, you are. But you come from a football family, right? I want to know how many siblings you got, where you grew up. But mainly, I want to hear about life amongst, a, a, I guess, a dad who's big in soccer here in Australia. And was there pressure and, you know, the path you're going now? Is there – you mentioned a little bit earlier, but – is there a couple of little eyebrow raises or is it proudness? Tell us. Yeah, sick question, Doss. That's not something that I've really ever spoken about, which is happening a lot on this pod. Well done, boys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what did you just say before? Yeah, what pod- was that amazing quote? Uh, what po- did I say? Podcasters. Pod- Podca- interview- no, podcasting with podcasters. Podcasting with podcasters. It's another. It's a, it's a different type different of Different vibe, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah, family life. My family situation is quite interesting and I think that – I always put like my mindset down to the experiences that I've had because it's been quite diverse growing up. So I've got one blood-related sister. She's three years younger than I am. Uh, my mum and dad were together until uh, I was seven or eight years old. And then they split when dad got the Central Coast Mariners assistant job role. Dad moved up to the Central Coast, so I didn't see him as much. Mum stayed here, which was actually really fun because it always felt like a holiday going to dad's because we get to go up to the Terrigal, right on the beach, go to football games, feel like so spoiled because we're in the dressing room. Like, dad's what, what, what was Graham Arnold like to you as a young fella? Arnie's interesting, actually. When I was younger, Arnie didn't even know my name, to be honest. As much as like dad and Arnie have always been like really, really close. Arnie is such a, he's an incredibly talented football coach and player back in his day. Yeah, That was a lot of his life. And as he's gotten older and dad and Arnie have gotten closer, I've become a much more ingrained part of his life. And that's been really nice for me to see because it didn't always feel like that. But um, dad and Arnie have always had a really nice relationship and that's been actually it's been quite inspiring for me to see because i'm like so that's what a friendship should be they challenge each other but they also know that they'll always have each other's back and it's not about status at all like my dad never played for the socceroos my dad's never coached at a world-class level yet arnie will come to dad with his ideas for coaching and i look it's at that like, your old like man. that's so sick but yeah so anyway parents split within a year they both found a new partner or within two years, maybe, I can't remember, I was young. But they've both remarried with those partners now, only recently in the last few years. Um, Dad actually got married this year. And from that, I now have six step-siblings, which is so much fun. Most of them are older, there's one younger, and then obviously my sister as well. And yeah, so life's been really fun since I was seven years old because there's always been people around. It's so different and diverse like my stepmom is greek and that whole culture is something i never would have been privy to had she not come into my life my stepdad is really hands-on loves getting his hands dirty surfs all the time he's taught me everything i know about like in terms of being a handyman which is dad's a pretty boy so i never would have got that from him (laughs) but yeah it's so good because now i have this complete mix of people in my life who care about me so deeply and teach me so much every single day and of course, I'm super lucky to have the dad that I have, but I also put just as much value in having the mum that I have and the step parents that I have because they're all in their own right, help me every single day to be the best version of myself that I can be. It's a very interesting view hearing that. It actually made me really feel great because they, uh, and you can probably vouch for this too, like your parents being divorced, it's such a sad thing. I don't know. I've, I've never experienced it, but 
for you to come out now all these years later and it's you, you're looking at the beautiful side of it like mm. like i don't know you see movies you hate your stepmom and you you know like it's <laughs> you know it's, you don't get along with your step siblings but i will just say that like, i've been so lucky okay like not every situation's like mine i have possibly the best divorce situation ever like my parents are civil they're almost friends my step parents are incredible. My step siblings, we all get on. Like that is quite possibly the luckiest of rare situation ever. Well, that's like that's I was, I'm in the same boat. So I was. It sounds horrible because people, again, this sounds like a comment out of context. It's really bad. But I was. I wanted my parents to get divorced. I was pushing it. Wow. Um, not that there was anything. But how old were you? Thirteen. So, okay. Twelve. Twelve. Thirteen. So you were what? Seven. Yeah. Seven. Okay. So, and my parents, they stayed together a bit longer and that was mainly for my younger sibling. But I, I was vouching for it because I, I, they weren't quite happy. Like what we talked about earlier, they weren't quite happy and they were going to go and find their people, which they both have now. Down the line, and I'm lucky too, like I've got a great step family outside of my blood-related family. So, yeah, it's, it's weird. Like what it taught me, I don't know if it taught you, but that makes me more picky about because I don't want to go through divorce. I don't want to go mm. through like... Like my parents are civil, they're friends as well. But again, like because I'm stressing and comparing myself to other people and rush into a relationship and rush into marriage and rush into kids and, and make this huge commitment and then it turns out to be the complete wrong decision that doesn't necessarily ruin my life but it could ruin that person's life and potential kids and families and that. You know, that was a lesson I learned. Were you sort of similar? Oh, 100%. That's, I think who you choose to spend the rest of your life with is the biggest decision you'll ever make. Why would you marry someone with the idea that maybe one day you won't be together forever? Like I'm much, I'd much prefer to not get married than go into a marriage with that sort of perspective. Yeah. And obviously seeing my parents get divorced has taught me that actually, I guess the biggest insight from the situation was I look at my parents now and they are so different. Mm. Like I can never see my parents together. That's exactly how I feel. It's interesting wow. you say that. And it, it just, it teaches me that like if I, the person that I spend the rest of my life with, like, I will know that that is the person for me. And if I never feel that, then I never feel that. And I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I could jeopardize my kids or my finances or like whatever through a divorce. I'd rather not do that. But like, that's the chance you take, I guess. I said it in the earlier podcast, and I know Nathan looked a bit confused because I probably explained it wrong, but best advice I heard was, yeah, picturing yourself having 10,000 dinners with the same person opposite you. I just wasn't sure where you were going with it. I know. When you explained (laughs) it, it it makes sense, doesn't it? Like... If you and me and Garney, we talk, we say it all the time. We, we keep saying 10,000 dinners, like 10,000 dinners. And, and you just don't know. I mean, people change as time goes on. But if you can't see yourself having 10,000 dinners with that same person, like, well, really, that's the reality of it. Like, you're going to come home, have dinner together, go to bed together. Like, you mm. can put that analogy along. Can you sleep in the same bed with this person 10,000 nights? Yeah. Like, or vice versa. Um, I know we went down a little bit of a rabbit hole and we are coming to probably closer, closer to the end than the start, but you're heading to Qatar yes. and you're going with your dad, which to me is so special. And now knowing who you are and your family, this is such a, a massive thing, in my opinion, for you guys to do together and share. Once in a lifetime. Stepmom's coming as well. Okay, it's yeah. It's going to be incredible. Like once in a lifetime experience. Yeah, Arnie's put on an absolute treat for us. I am so incredibly lucky to have this opportunity. Fly out tomorrow night, two weeks, going to all of Australia's group games. Hopefully might catch another couple of matches. 
not sure, but I uh, have this massive list of things that I want to do in Qatar and I'm going to do daily vlogs. So if you want to yes. follow oh, me, yes. so Uncle that. Nathan Cohen TikTok, get around. Love that. Oh, so what, what are some of the things you're going to do in Qatar? It's an incredible culture that I've never been privy to. It was actually something that I sort of wrote off at first. I was like, oh, what's in Qatar other than really hot weather and weird rules that us <laughs> Westerners aren't used to. But um, I'm really excited. The, the culture over there, as much as we look at their rules and we think that's messed up, it is incredibly respectful. There's hardly any crime and the architecture is stunning. So I'm so excited to view some of the mosques over there, go to the temples. They have like along the water is just immaculate like i've never seen anything like it i'm so excited and i'm gonna ride a camel oh yes oh now that is bucket list stuff yeah is it one of the top like top five wealthiest countries in the world so like it's really i think just like the uae in general yeah the UAE. Yeah, okay. yeah it's like across the bay from uh dubai what are some of the things similar? you are not allowed to do in guitar <laughs> <laughs> what have you been warned just whatever you do do not do that so if you guys are listening to this episode there is a chance that i'm in prison guitar. <laughs> please come and save me um <laughs> you're not allowed to drink in public which is a big change for Aussies. So when you say public, how do you you privately drink? Essentially, you're only allowed to drink in like your hotel room or private function. Do they have... So there's no pubs or... Is there alcohol in the country? Do you have to bring... We couldn't bring your own. I have no idea. Okay. I just know the rule. We'll get you back (laughs) on for another episode. Let's just watch the vlogs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if I stop making them, you know I'm in prison. Yeah. The other crazy one is it's illegal to have sex before marriage. So you can't Oof. have one night stands. I'm pretty sure homosexuality is illegal as well. Yeah, it is. And so it's a massive thing. Like you can't drink at the games and you can't be going on these benders where you're sleeping with lots of people or well, any people for that matter. Even even if they're even if they're Australian? Yeah, even if they're you're Oh, so you can't you're in their country, you follow their Do you rules. know do you know if you actually go over with say a girlfriend? Can you do that or not? Or is that illegal? Oh, so that's illegal too. I mean, like, who's, holy shit! Who's no. gonna? Who's gonna? Check? I, I know, I know, but I just yeah. I who's policing every hotel no, or, or hostel I, room? I, no, I know, not that. going, no, any funny business going on in here. <laughs> but I just no, I, I just sorry, I just assumed if you went over with a partner, you'd still be able to do that. But I mean, not. like, if you're staying in the same hotel room, they're not. I can't imagine. No, gonna, they have said they're going to relax rules for Westerners because, like, they otherwise, they're, it would just be chaos. But they have a really cool thing over there where you can get married for 24 hours, like. You can get married and then get divorced. So you can have sex. Later, yeah. Which <laughs> so you sounds like Vegas. Wild. So you get a cheeky little route. It's <laughs> just, just wild. It's a good like, tax. It's like if you want to have a route and you're not married, you got to pay us a bit of money. You can <laughs> fix up later. It's just it's a clever tax. Look, it's not something I'll be doing. I'm excited to ask. Uh, I mean, you're, are you rooming with your dad? That might be a bit hard. I get my own room. Do actually, you? Oh, yeah, God. So I can't wait. What, are, you, what are your predictions? Because. Uh, We've booked. A, I've booked a night with a few of the boys. We're going to go up the pub and watch the the second game. Who are we playing in that game, Dean? Dosk can never get the country right. Tunisia. Tunisia. I can never pronounce the name. You know, and, and hearing your insights and have, have you and your old man talked about the squad a bit and the announcement, or is it just not even on your mind? You go, we're going over there, have a holiday. What do you What do you think? I am the worst soccer fan on the planet. Oh, I don't appreciate it enough. But like, obviously, for this one, I've got some sort of vetted interest. So I've put a little bit of. Time and thought into it. I'll chuck a sports bet on before I go. Nice. You wouldn't um, be allowed to gamble there, yeah, would no you? Gambling? Yeah, not there. That's why I'm doing it before I leave. Well, you get to see. I mean, at the end of the day, you, you're going to see Mbappe live, like, yeah. and, and wow. all these. That's like, insane. Oh, it's nuts. Actually, I've got one thing for you to do for us. I want you to get a selfie with Tim Cahill. 
Is he going to be there? He's part of the coaching staff. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Done. So you can do it. Yeah, done. That, uh, you need to do it for us. Easy. All right? Easy. I'll post it on Uncle Nath. We'll reshare it. Perfect. Done. If he wants to come on the pod too, um, he's welcome. He's on, our, <laughs> he's on our dream guest list. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah. No, so I, I actually think Australia could get out of the group stage. Me too. I don't know. Like, we'll probably lose against France. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. We should it, beat Tunisia. And then Denmark. Draw with Denmark. Game. No, yeah, I'm man. with you. I'm with The only reason I laugh, because I believe it too, it's just, it just reminds me of every time before World Cup, you say the same, like, not you, everybody says the same things. Like, it's like grand final week. Like, there's hey, all, we there, did it once. Yeah. Uh, no, I and know. we should have progressed to the I know. I'm with you. I just, it's always like there's a grand final coming up in the AFL and there's one team that uh, everybody knows. If it was just a normal game, one team's winning, but then as the week goes on, the more you talk about it, the more you're like, "Oh, it's a chance." The next thing, next thing, we're beating France five <laughs> nil. <laughs> yeah, look. Yeah. But mind you, even France don't have a stronger squad that they could. Injuries. Yeah, like it. Do you remember the two eighteen? Did you watch the France Socceroos game? Nah, mate. We should. We, <laughs> I told you worst. Well, we should have. We should have drew. Really? We should have drew that game. Yours that night. We should have drawn. We we should have drawn that game. Yeah. yeah, there you yeah, go. Interesting. Yeah. And I think Brazil's going to win the World Cup, just by the way. That would be the first time I think a team wins – oh, the first time in a long time that a team would win the World Cup going in ranked number one. I read a stat. They've all choked in recent years. So. I think I, I genuinely think England. Mm. I don't know if they'll deal with the heat. That's a good, good Is call. Is it air-conditioned stadium still? They are, but like you're outside all day, every day, apart from when you're playing and training. True. That's and a really good point. The training grounds are actually not air-conditioned. Oh, yuck. Well, see, this is where the Aussies might, you know, be able to a bit of an advantage for the boys. Mm, I think we're yeah. used most to them. play the UK, though. Don't <laughs> True, our good friend Bailey Wright doesn't <laughs> yeah. play in the heat, does he? Oh gosh, I'll get a selfie with Bailey. Yeah, go and yes, say good to Bailey for us, and you know, make sure you tell him that you had a chat with us. And yeah, <laughs> so, so you're saying, so you're saying England, you're saying Brazil. Yeah, I'll say Brazil. I'll say I'm backing in France, unfortunately. France, France. Win. I'm what about Spain? Them. Spain are up there. Belgium are always a, a hot, hot favorite. Argentina. Maybe. I don't reckon Germany? Argentina. I Germany? mean, I, I just beat Argentina the other night 3 0 as a Socceroos. So. <laughs> uh, we've gone off track. Yeah. <laughs> if, <laughs> I've ran it myself. If there's anything I've learned, FIFA is very predictable. FIFA is good. You reckon? FIFA predictions. Even if it, even if it takes 15 times for him to progress through the world. Through the <laughs> I'm group one of those stage. guys who has to restart yeah, the match okay. when I'm losing 3 0. Maybe not so much. Right. Doesn't but count. I used to play, when Dad was coaching, I used to play FIFA as the Mariners, and we won every game. Oh. And that season, we uh, we won the comp. Well, there you Dad go. was assistant that well, season. Well, they, they dominated for a good three years there. Yeah. yeah. Like your old man and Arnie, and yeah, they went, gosh, they had a good side. They went uh, second, and then they won it, and then Arnie left. Dad took over and they came third. And then the next year, Dad got sacked because they were losing so many games. Mm. Pricks. That yeah, was pretty fun. Yeah, oh, great. gosh, sport. Well, <laughs> mate, honestly, it's been – I've really enjoyed it. I actually said before – about half an hour before you arrived today, I was saying to Doss, I'm like, I just really can't wait to chat. And now, you know, we've recorded our conversations, but we've had two really, really good chats. I've learned a lot about you and I've really enjoyed it. But how do people find you? How do people listen to the podcast? Give yourself a nice juicy plug. Yeah, mate. The best place to go is the Instagram uh, at Uncle Nathan Co. There's a link in my bio that has links to everything else. So just head to the Instagram first, chuck it a sneaky follow, hit the link, and uh, you can listen to the podcast, the Post School Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Podcast is a thing now. Yeah, uh, everywhere, really. Everywhere you get your podcast, it's there. And yeah, all the all the podcast snippets are posted on TikTok. So if you're not into the long form, then jump on TikTok and you can get those little gold nuggets that I love to share. Love it. Mate, super impressed. 
honestly. Uh, like when you leave, we'll have a great chat. I know, yeah. me and Dave, we might go and have a beer. I mean, I'm going to try and twist your arm, but Dude, my head is through. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, he's got it. I had to provide the man with a couple of paracetamol. Yeah, been a big week. but mate, I've got so much respect for you after today. Thank and you. I'm not saying I didn't before, but meeting someone and hearing them speak, someone so young, mate, I really admire what you're doing. Just keep doing it. I know what you said that at the end of our pod with you, but fuck, just keep doing it. I appreciate it. And yep. the same goes with you boys. Like I love meeting people who are like-minded. Like we were talking about earlier, it's really hard to find people who think like you think and want similar things to you. So it's really nice and refreshing to sit across from you boys and share these experiences that we both had and be like, these guys get it. Well, let's keep it going next time. Uh, I think it, we're due in Melbourne next time. Yeah. Yeah. So next time you're in Melbourne, hit us up. and 100% but man. I think what we might do is we might just get off air and... Might give us a couple of little stocks that uh, we should oh, invest yes, in. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You're going to have to pay for Patreon for that. Yeah. Yeah. But Thank- I am starting a new business, actually, that's along those lines. Ooh. Really? Got $100,000 to invest and uh, you can follow along on YouTube. Ooh. 100K? Yeah, not is, my money. <laughs> is it content? Is it more content? Like you're going to... Yeah, mate. We're, yeah, so my uh, mentor and I, Matt Brown, he's a registered financial advisor. We're I've seen him on your pod. Yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're starting this thing called Finsightful Wealth and essentially it's going to be a YouTube channel that tracks two things. We're investing 100000 and teaching everyone how to invest money. And the whole that. concept, as much as 100000 is a lot of money, we're doing it in a way that's relative. So like if you have 10K, you just put the numbers into a relative fashion and it all makes sense. We're starting with a lot of money so that you can see the effects quicker. Otherwise, you'd have to wait years to see gotcha. what we're trying to talk about. And the second thing we're tracking is I'm moving to Bali at the beginning of 2024. January 2024 and we have from launch date of the YouTube channel which is essentially the beginning of 2023 till I move to create a $60,000 recurring income so that I can live in Bali on that Um, so yeah we're tracking the whole process of starting a business and investing on the side cool I'm already hooked sorry side note I don't know why I play. No, no mate, I'm, really, I'm, I'm hooked already. I'll be uh, subscribing to that. Well, we'll definitely be doing another podcast. Yeah. Ma- main point of that is go to Matt for financial advice <laughs> because he's registered. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thanks, oh, mate. Safe. Appreciate it. Nah, cheers, boys. Dee, wasn't that episode just awesome? Oh, mate, I got so much out of it. I'm sure you did too. And of course, thank you to everyone who listened. Guys, if you haven't already, go and subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For sure. And please leave us a five-star review on Apple. It goes such a long way to helping the show. And of course, you have your chance to get a shout-out. Don't forget to go and follow us over on Instagram as well. What's the Instagram, Dee? It's at D underscore. D-O-S-A-N-D-D underscore. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you in the next episode.